The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now you would have heard Claire Daly in the news headlines there. She was speaking to Pat a little bit uh, earlier, and it, it, it should be reiterated time and time again, as much as we can, as often as we can, that Claire Daly and Mick Wallace repeatedly vote against resolutions in Europe to condemn, to condemn the illegal invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Last week, a resolution was passed by the European Parliament that condemned unequivocally as illegal and illegitimate the sham referendums conducted at gunpoint to annex parts of Ukraine. Claire Daly voted against that. So Claire Daly will forgive me if I encourage the entire population to ignore what she has to say about peace in Ukraine. People who we should listen to are the people on the ground, like Ukrainian MP Alexei Gonchirenko. Uh, he's the vice president of the PACE Committee on Migration, Refugees and Displaced Persons. Alexei, you're very welcome to the show. Um, a lot of people here will have seen the images uh, on their TV screens this morning of attacks on cities in Ukraine, including Kyiv, overnight. What can you tell us? What's been happening there today? Hello, thanks for covering. Uh, yes, today was the worst uh, missile attack on Ukraine, against Ukraine, from February 24. Almost 100 missiles and kamikaze drones were sent against uh, civilian objects. You know, Putin uh, came out from his bunker and said that he used precise weaponry, high, highly precise weaponry. And uh, so he said that he wants deliberately to attack civilians because he hit playground, children playground, Kiev University, like just absolutely ordinary people. At least 11 are killed, dozens of the wounded. No, nobody from these people is a soldier or officer. So that was just attack against civilians, just an act of terror. Uh, also, he attacked uh, Russia. Russia attacked uh, energy infrastructure, uh, trying to destroy heating, electricity, water supply. Uh, that is that's what had happened today in Ukraine. Uh, and the assessment uh, around the world and in Europe certainly seems to be that this is retaliation, Alexei, for the the uh, attack on the Crimean bridge. Is that is that assessment shared by you and your colleagues? You know, when we're saying the word. So he started a war against Ukraine in 2014. He started mm. full-scale invasion on February 24. Every day we have missile attacks. Not such big as today, but every day we have missile attacks. So retaliation for what? Um, oh, and what has changed uh, from Saturday? Like before Saturday he attacked us, now he attacks us. Uh, he kills uh, women and children before. He continues to kill women and children now. So, I don't know, it's nothing new for us. And this is the same war, and uh, I don't think that it is like a special retaliation. I think this is a kind of a desperation of Putin, because he can't do anything with our army. So when he can't do anything with the Ukrainian soldiers and officers, he decided to kill more Ukrainian women and children, because it's easier for him. That's, that's all. What's the latest from the front then, from the Eastern Front, Alexei? Uh, on the southern front, we have uh, successes, and I think that today one, two more um, the villages will be liberated. In the eastern front, there is uh, heavy fighting. Uh, I don't know about any significant changes uh, during this day, but in general, from the end of August, uh, Ukraine liberated thousands of square miles. 
and uh, like uh, hundreds of villages and towns. So our counteroffensive is successful. But now, after this awful attack, that is the moment to give to Ukraine more weaponry and to finally to give us long-range missiles, anti-missile defense, anti-aircraft defense. To, uh, because you see P P Putin is becoming more and more desperate and he will kill more and more civilians. It should be stopped. I don't know how like normal people can just watch on this horror and uh, not with their heart bleeding. To what extent are those supplies running low? We There are like strange limitations in the supplies. Like uh, we received HIMARSes, which is like a multiple launch rocket system, some LRS from the UK, uh, Mars from Germany, but only with short-range missiles. We receiving drones, but not fighters. We're receiving armored vehicles, but not tanks. For the moment, we have not received any one Western tank. I can't understand why. And uh, that limits our possibilities to finish this war. I can tell you, if Ukraine would receive heavy weaponry today, we can finish everything in several weeks. Let, let us not uh, make a mistake of end of March. When In the end of March, when Russians in Blitzkrieg failed, when they were retreating from Kiev, that was the moment to purchase them. But Ukraine had not weaponry to do this. Mm. And uh, if we would have the weaponry that we have today, we would finish everything in spring. So now is again the window of opportunity. And if we will lose it, then this bloodshed will continue for more months. Why do you suspect that those calls for increased weaponry, that they, they fall on deaf ears? Is it a fear? Do, do, you, do you suspect that it is a fear in the West of antagonizing Putin? Uh, it's hard to say what is the reason. I mean, like, uh, we're very much disappointed with the German position. Like, for example, with Leopards, tanks, Leopards, they still can make this political decision. This is a lack of leadership. This is a lack of will. Uh, and uh, that's why I think we have these problems. And uh, I hope, you know, like we are saying, be brave like Ukraine. I just want to address to Western governments. Be brave like Ukraine. And I wanted to say thank you very much to all societies, uh, European societies, and to Irish people also, because we feel this great support from ordinary people. If the governments would be as brave as ordinary people are, everything would be finished with Putin like far, far, far away and uh, a lot of time ago. Alexi, listen, we, we wish you well and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, Alexei Gotyarenko is an MP in Ukraine and he's vice president of the PACE Committee on Migration, Refugees and Displaced Persons. Uh, Garrett Mullen is with us. His sister-in-law has returned to Ukraine in recent weeks. Uh, Garrett, you're welcome to the show. So I understand you, your wife is from Ukraine. Your sister-in-law has been with you for, for several months why did she decide to go back? Yeah, she they, she arrived with her two sons, uh, aged five, aged four and eleven at the time in early March, and then they returned to their city Ternopil, which is in the west of Ukraine, about 120 kilometers from Lviv. And I suppose at this at that point, uh, they made a judgment, all things considered, that. Their, her husband, their dad, was back home. He wasn't able to leave the country when when they left the country, and uh, 
they they had a she had a job to go to there, and that's in the early March. The scenario was um, at that point, if you remember, this is all going to be over in three days. Uh, that was the Russian perspective uh, that they would overrun Kiev and take then move on to the west, and so people from all over Ukraine moved out of the country and uh, so she she was and her two boys or one family that moved but uh, they moved back at the start of September the 11th of September having seen what's happened there since and made a judgment that it would be safe enough to go back to but as you can see today no part of Ukraine is safe and uh, you know there's a lot of commentary about that people are making here in Ireland because there's a lot of pressure on housing, hotels and accommodation and all sorts of other things that, um, oh, Ukrainians should go back to their own country because it's safe in most parts. Well, we can see today that it isn't safe. Mm. Um, my wife, Irene, was saying that uh, David, the younger boy, five years of age now, was, was saying he... he, he he started school at School Cormac Community National School in Balbriggan uh, there at the start of September, put on his little blue uniform. I went to school for 11 days there and, and, and is now in their hallway saying he doesn't want to die. My God. I mean, what a, a change in circumstance that, that he's experienced uh, in just a short space of time. How how are they holding up, Garrett? Have you been talking? Has your wife been talking to them? I'm sure she has throughout the day. Yeah, it's it's very distressing, really. Um, her um, Irina's mother is uh, from a village about forty kilometres east of Ternopil, and that's over near Klemnitsky, which uh, she actually heard the the bomb, uh, some kind of explosion over that side as well, which is kind of one region bordering onto another. I, I, I think what what, what she uh, said, though, or her sister did say, is that we're not scared anymore. That's the difference now. And that's what I keep seeing on, on the social media today and various politicians from Ukraine. They keep saying that these attacks only make Ukrainians more determined. And, of course, this the, what's happened today comes after the bombing in Crimea, of the bridge, and a series of defeats for Russia. So I, I, yeah. I think the Ukrainians will, will find some kind of resolve to, to mount an offensive again, I guess. And it just goes on and on, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, in the meantime, is is your sister-in-law going to stay put? Is there any possibility they might come back to Balbriggan? Yeah, well, that's... that's uh, I, I, I think they're, they're staying put, but... Uh, that's what my wife is wondering as well, is, is, is that very question. And of course, that's very unsettling, isn't it? But what, you know, moving to and fro several times, it's not really good, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm sure for her, the, the calculation is probably the kids and, you know, the, the lack of stability in moving compared to the lack of stability living under the potential from bombardment it's, uh, look, and, it's and the quality the quality yeah. of education is, as well it's, it's all online it's moved online for at least this week it, it was online for large parts of the time anyway um but the, because of what's happened today it's, it's, it's no no schools will be 
taking yeah. place face to face. And another other concerns you know, the, the currency devaluating, gas supplies, heating in the winter, uh, electricity. Electricity was out for a good part of the day today, but it's been restored. So they're the things that Putin and the Russians are targeting. And yeah. Yeah, well, listen, she's I, she's she's weighing up. Your sister knows weighing up factors that that the rest of us can't even begin to understand. You can to a degree, certainly I can't, and I'd wager most people listening can't. Gareth, thanks for taking. Yeah. By the way, go I, on. You were mentioning Claire Daly. I used to canvass with her, uh, so I'm dismayed about her, the position she's been taking on this yeah. in the course of this conflict. Well, I'm I'm equally dismayed, uh, Gareth, but listen, well said. Gareth Mullen, uh, whose sister-in-law returned to Ukraine, as he said uh, a couple of weeks ago. Gareth, thanks a million for, for, for taking the time. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.